I don't think it was Israel Adesanya's intention to have what a large portion of the fan base felt was a boring fight against Jared Cannonier at UFC 276. Listen to him explain the bout in an interview on his YouTube channel a few days after the card. We all believe in what we're going to do, and I really, I know what I can do, and I know what I could have done to him, and I was trying to do it to him, but it just didn't happen the way I wanted it to. There was no bit in that fight where I, where I took my foot off the gas in the sense that I'm coasting. I wasn't coasting. I was like, I'm going to keep touching him, and I'm going to keep touching him until he falls. I didn't want to overcommit. If I overcommit, I knew he was going to counter me, or I knew something was, I'd leave myself in a vulnerable position, and that's stupid. Which certainly is a good explanation for that type of performance, but the thing is, he also mentioned at the end of the clip there that he wasn't about to overcommit to anything, a sentiment some fans might consider Israel playing it safe, which happens to be the largest criticism of his most recent title performances. The purpose of this piece isn't to figure out why a fight might end up being a snoozer. It's to play with this premise of the risk-averse champion, something Izzy's not the only to ever be criticized over. The question I really want to answer today is should title holders fight safe to keep their belt versus fighting to win versus looking for the stop versus trying to have spectacular performances? Should a champion's only priority be retaining their title at all costs? Entertainment value be damned. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and I'm wondering if all champions should play it safe. I think the very obvious and immediate answer for most people watching this video would be a big old nope. After all, we are fans, we want to see exciting fights. Nobody pays $70 for a pay-per-view event and says, gee, I really hope everybody has a relatively safe game plan that will guarantee a victory via decision. We want to see action, we want to see finishes, we want to see spectacular athletes do spectacular things. If a fighter comes out carrying an urn with their opponent's name on it, I'm not expecting a five-round chess match of intricate footwork and crisp jabs. I'm expecting buckets of blood. I'm expecting somebody to get their head knocked off. After all, sports are entertainment. We watch for that purpose. The entertainment value of the fighter should be priority number one. One of the reasons Adesanya is so popular is because of the incredible finishes he's had during his career. Tank Abbott, Vanderlei Silva, Chuck Liddell, Dan Henderson, Mark Hunt, Conor McGregor, Derek Lewis. If you're a banger, fans love you. Fans adore gritty fighters like Cowboy Cerrone, like Justin Gaethje, like Frankie Edgar. Maybe they're not going to win all the time, but they're going to be in battles and they're beloved for it. On the the other end of this, you have fighters like John Fitch. Paul wears his heart on his sleeve. Jake Shields, Ryan Bader, Damian Maya, Benson Henderson. All tremendous talents and top-tier fighters, but because of their style, because they aren't in exciting fights, fans are far more apathetic towards their careers. They have to do way more to garner attention than the fighters getting KOs every time they step into the cage, and that's not a coincidence. And perhaps that is what frustrates fans so much about a fighter like Adesanya versus somebody who has a track record of being a less exciting fighter. The finishes of Brunson, Whitaker, and Costa were spectacular. His fight with Kelvin Gastelum was an all-out war. One of Izzy's most iconic moments is him quietly saying to himself before the fifth round of that fight that he's willing and prepared to die. If he dies, he dies. All of these moments are what stick out in fans' minds when they think of what Israel Adesanya is to them, the type of fighter he is. And so when much of his title reign has been the exact opposite, many see that as him dialing it back, playing it too safe in order to ensure victory versus how he used to take his wins. Another example of a champion who fell into a very similar position would be that of Jose Aldo. In the WEC, he finished seven of his eight opponents. In the UFC, only Chad Mendez the first time and Korean Zombie because of a fluke injury. Otherwise, fans criticized Aldo during his 
Reign for playing it too safe, for not being that axe murderer that we knew and loved. And this was a sentiment that was had despite the fact that several of his defenses were incredibly exciting. Three of them were Fight of the Night, his rematch with Mendez, a contender for Fight of the Year. Now, since then, he's become a beloved figure yet again, of course, but to pretend at the time that criticism wasn't there just isn't true. Then again, that's the name of the game in mixed martial arts. What have you done for me lately? Look at Anderson Silva. His legacy on a whole is that he's one of the most exciting and dynamic fighters to ever step into the octagon. I mean, hell, his first eight fights in the UFC, six of which were title bouts, he got the finish in dramatic fashion. And yet, because two fights back-to-back were boring as hell, Patrick Cote and Talos Latis, suddenly there was this narrative that the champion was boring, that he was coasting. It was the whole premise behind the Forrest Griffin bout. I basically put this fight together to challenge him. I, I think that he's been uh, a little bored and uh, after cleaning out the 185-pound division, so... He's not going to be bored tomorrow night, I guarantee you that. You know, you uh, can't do any worse than people have done. Silva would be forced into action, and boy was that the case. Then there was the Damian Maya fight, where much like the criticism we see about Asanya, fans were pissed because they saw it as the spider playing with his food, if you will. Which of course led to Chael Sonnen's campaign against Silva, very much built on this idea that he wasn't going to allow Anderson to be this boring fighter. That was 2010. Twelve years later, there are tweets getting 4,000 likes after Izzy's 276 performance that say no Nobody ever called Anderson Silva boring, which is demonstrably untrue. You know what I'd like to say? He lost his mind tonight and, and he got crazy and he did this, but this is the third time this has happened. This isn't the first time. But it shows how much the narrative about his career has changed over time. Which leads me to George St. Pierre. Today, he's considered by many the greatest champion of all time. Not simply because of his incredible run of nine title defenses and eventual return to capture gold in a separate division, but because he's never been caught up in any PED-related scandals like some of his more prominent competition for GOAT status. GSP is arguably the most revered fighter in the history of the sport, and if not the most, he's certainly up there. But that wasn't what people were saying during his reign. What people were saying is that St. Pierre was too safe, that he lost the edge after he gained the title back from Matt Serra. There were so many one-sided bouts where he just allowed his opponents to exist with him when we all knew he could stop them. Tiago Alves, he won all five rounds, no finish. Dan Hardy, same thing, completely lopsided. Even his submission attempts, he refused to put himself in a bad spot to ensure the finish. Josh Koscheck, he just jabbed him to death from the outside for 25 minutes. Close my eyes. All five rounds uncompetitive. The Jake Shields fight, a massive disappointment to so many fans after all the hype, considered a real bummer of an ending to that huge pay-per-view event. He had nearly three whole rounds of control time against Nick Diaz in yet another five-round lopsided decision victory. The joke that I used for years on Triple THS about GSP was that nobody was better at laying on top of their opponent for 25 minutes straight. Is anybody talking about any of that today? No, they're talking about how St. Pierre was one of the best to ever do it. Newer fans who probably never even saw his fights but for the return bout against Bisbean look at GSP as nothing short of a legendary and dominant champion. There are no hot takes today about St. Pierre being overrated or uninteresting. Another thing about George, and this isn't looking back with rose-tinted glasses, this was in the moment. He was a massive pay-per-view draw over his career despite these criticisms, despite the performances. Selling 9.1 million pay-per-views over the course of his career on cards that he was the main headliner. So UFC 100 isn't even included in that amount. That is such a big number. Couldn't fit it 
that way. John Jones has done 2 million less than that in the same amount of cards. Anderson Silva sold just 500k more total in his career as a main eventer, but also had six more headlining shows. With the exception of names like Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, and Conor McGregor, of which only the Irishman has actually sold more total pay-per-views, GSP is the second greatest draw in MMA history. This boring, safe champion. And so it was this criticism I saw of Adesanya after 276. It was knowing the legacy and reputation of fighters today like Aldo, like Anderson, and most specifically like GSP, who despite these heavy criticisms at the time are now looked upon as some of the greatest and most beloved champions the sport has ever had, that really got me thinking maybe we're wrong. Maybe that incredibly obvious answer to my initial question, should champions play it safe, is incorrect. I mean, Izzy is now going on his sixth title defense. There's been a total of 109 championship reigns in UFC history, and there's only nine fighters, six in a single division during a single reign, who can say they've had more successful defense than Adesanya. Oh, and the top names on that list, GSP, Anderson, John Jones, Demetrius Johnson, have all at various times for various reasons been accused of being boring, or changing their style, or playing it too safe. Maybe avoiding danger is why so many of these champions reigned for as long as they did, compared to the other 100 title holders who all fell short, nearly half of which never had a single successful defense. The thing about being champion is that you're guaranteed championship fights, championship pay. Not only that, but you're guaranteed to be a headliner or at the very least, the co-main event underneath another champion on a stacked-up card. And if you're getting pay-per-view points, it doesn't matter that Conor McGregor headlined above you, you're still getting your percentage of whatever was sold as a result of his being on the show. What's more lucrative, being a one-and-done champion? Or to defend your title in whatever fashion you might end up doing so, but getting to headline six, seven, or eight events? What good does it do you as a champion to be reckless if losing means you're bumped back down in pay and position on a show? If this is all about business like everything everybody always talks about, how fighters should be doing what they need to do in their best financial interest and fuck everything else, it sounds like being a long-term champion, regardless of your popularity, is a much better plan than getting KO'd and losing a ton of tremendously lucrative opportunities as a result. So why not play it safe? Fuck no, I don't want to lose this belt. Being a champion is the only thing in this sport if your name isn't Conor McGregor that guarantees money. And don't talk to me about legacy when we just went through how revered GSP Anderson and Aldo are. I'd be totally fine catching some flack in the moment for everyone a decade later to look back on my record-setting title reign and say, that's one of the best fighters ever, and I made a bunch of money doing it. It's pretty clear that the stigma of being a boring champion doesn't last. If Adesanya has a banger with Alex Pereira or he KOs him flat, this narrative is going to get squashed in an instant. Look how fast things turned around for Kamaru Usman. Fast as fuck, boy. Har har, Marty Snoozman, right? All it took was three fights to shut everybody up. He went to war with Colby and broke his jaw, put down Burns and Masvidal, and now you don't hear shit anymore about pillow hands or foot stomps, do you? So besides fans criticizing you in the moment, I'm not seeing any real downside to playing it safer as a champion than when one was a contender, especially if that means a longer title reign, because at the end of the day, that belt means you're the best in the world. And if you hold on to it long enough, it's not gonna matter in what fashion you did so like GSP, people are simply going to look at you as the greatest after enough time has passed to forget that they were bored out of their minds watching your pay-per-views. There is another argument, however, that is specific to Izzy and is largely unique to him in comparison to the other champions that we've used as examples. All three of those fighters weren't exactly talkers. Silva could be considered chatty during a fight, taunting his opponents and stuff like that, but in interviews he was pretty subdued. Aldo, perhaps in part because of the language barrier, wasn't known for talking up his fights either. And GSP, I mean, the guy 
guy told Matt Hughes one time he wasn't impressed by his performance, and he's regretted it to this day like he told him his recently deceased coach, manager, and friend would be watching him lose from hell. Anyway, the point is those guys never talked a big game. Adesanya, I would argue, is one of the better promoters in the sport right now. I know there are quite a few fans who consider his trash talk cringy. Next time I put you on skates, you're gonna get frozen like Elsa. But I think it's fairly effective at selling a rivalry and selling the idea, in large part because of incredible past performances, that he's gonna go out there and do something spectacular. But is that going to be the difference for him compared to the other champions I mentioned, who are still revered despite getting those boring labels at points in their career? Is walking out as The Undertaker and then having a pretty safe and uneventful bout going to be what fans think of when they think of Israel? All talk, no action. I don't think so. Could it hurt the selling of a particular fight? Sure, it might do that. But I honestly don't think overall it will matter. I think it can only help, actually, even when it's inconsistent with what we're seeing in the cage. When he says he's going to KO somebody, that will still hold some weight because we know that he can. His fight with Pereira is going to be massive. Without a doubt, it will be the best-selling fight he's ever had, more so even than Costa. And in part, it's going to be the back-and-forth between them that sells that fight. But in a more general sense, look at Floyd Mayweather, an all-time promoter on the microphone. Now, you're probably saying, Tommy, shut up. Floyd is annoying and cringy and all these things, but the proof is in the pudding. The guy rarely has an exciting fight, but he's the biggest pay-per-view draw in the history of combat sports. Even if the talk just makes you want to see him lose more, that's in large part why you're tuning in. And the other part is you want to see if anybody is actually good enough to beat him. And people who don't like Adesanya, who think he's boring, they'll come to watch for the same reasons. They want to know if anybody can beat him. Cannoneer looked like a major threat, and that in part sold that card. Pereira is the same. So long as there are contenders fans think have a chance, Izzy will sell regardless of the incongruity between his trash talk and his performances. I was incredibly back and forth in my mind on this topic before making this piece. But having looked at historical examples like GSP, like Anderson, like Aldo, I just don't see the downside of being one of the winningest champions of all time, earning way more than you would or could otherwise, and getting criticized in the moment only for fans a few years later to sing your praises. Sure, a more exciting champion would be more popular, but maybe a more exciting champion only holds the belt for a few months. And whether we like it or not, holding that title is the measure of greatness in the sport. And so holding it as long as you can is not only the best thing for your career financially, but it's also the best thing for your legacy. I totally get that there's a risk of fans getting tired of your bouts, on them looking down on the safe tactics you're using to ensure wins, when in the past you were putting everybody to sleep. But the rewards that come with a style that negates the most danger but ensures title victories far outweighs the flack in the moment that comes with that kind of strategy. If you ask me, the real question should be why aren't more champions fighting like Adesanya? Big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at cool to me underscore. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.